remember, remember, remember the, the 5th, 5th of, of November, November of gunpowder treason and plot. I know of no reason why the gunpowder treason should ever be forgot. Last. The sink's on point. <laughs> Welcome back to Film Posers for Body Quest, ranting, raving, and reviewing cinema. Today, we'll be talking about, you guessed it, V for Vendetta. <laughs> and our moderator will be moi, which is going to be very interesting. <laughs> so, um, this, uh, this is going to be a nice short episode because I think it's going to be pretty straightforward. Unfortunately, the reason is why. <laughs> the reason why is because I have not finished this film because unfortunately I am booked and busy, <laughs> which is stuff that happens. But yes, I have, I'm literally at the beginning of the film and I hate myself that I have not finished it because I'm actually really loving it. So I just wanted to keep this simple and just talk about um, our appreciation for the film. If we have any, because at least like this is this film is from 2015 2005 sorry (laughs) and um there's definitely a lot to unpack uh for people that do not know or like me that might be watching it for the first time it is 132 minutes the tagline on letterbox is people should not be afraid of their governments governments should be afraid of their people and that is my favorite quote that i would always see on twitter i'm like huh I need to watch this movie eventually. (laughs) And just for a little synopsis, in a world in which Great Britain has become a fascist state, a mass vigilante known only as V conducts guerrilla warfare against the oppressive British government. When V rescues a young woman from the secret police, he finds in her an ally with whom he can continue his fight to free the people of Britain. When was the first time you saw this film? As we know, I'm watching it for the first time now, which I know a lot of people are going to be very shocked listening to this. Please don't stop playing the episode. (laughs) Um, Let's start off with Anna. So when I first heard of this film was when I started to explore in the world of comic books and superheroes. So a lot of people in Comic-Con dressed as Fee. So I started to wonder, like, who who the hell is this guy? So upon my research, I found out about the comic book and I read it. And after I read it, I saw the film and I was relatively young. I I saw it when I was like um, 14 years old. And for, yeah, for this episode, I just rewatched it. It was like a lot of years since I've seen it. And so, yeah, that's where I found out about this certain film and people still talk about it every time there is the 5th of november there was a time that it was always trending on tumblr you know that (laughs) i mean come on it's like an obligatory watch every november it is but maybe it's just the fact that there's this just specific (laughs) scene that it was everywhere on the Tumblr scene. Oh, you can't defeat a government on an empty stomach. Yeah. Ah. <laughs> that one. Amen. So you can't escape from this film. So 
mine's a little bit of a story time, but I'll make it quick. The first time I heard of this film, I had just entered my high school. I was in like seventh grade because I like had seventh, eighth and then high school. And I had heard of this history professor from some seniors that were like, oh, when you get to his class, you're going to end up watching V for Vendetta. And I get to his history class. He has the mask on his wall as part of like the wall decoration. And me, ninth grader Huang, experienced V for Vendetta as part of two classes, two or three classes. Yeah, two to three classes of history. Now, let me tell you, that was a great time because I did not know what it was about, but I was enjoying it. I understood it when I was in ninth grade, but then as I got older, when I rewatched it, I was like, okay, now I understand it a little bit better. I grasped a couple things I didn't really maybe capture the first time. Like Anna said, she saw it when she was 14. I think I saw it when I was in 14. Yeah, I was like 14-ish. And you don't get everything right away until it's like explained to you, which the professor did. But... I gotta say, it was enjoyable. (laughs) It was an enjoyable way to spend ninth grade history for a couple of days. I'm not going to lie. So I also watched it when I was around 14 years old for the first time. I watched it with my grandfather. And it was a very nice time. He was not a big fan. He didn't really understand it, but I had a great time. I was like, yeah, we should, we should. I'm not going to say that because the FBI will catch up to me. But, you know, I saw it and I was inspired (laughs) to, you know, fight for what is right. Let's just put it like that. Well, I was going to say what my history professor told us is basically the film is supposed to open your eyes, especially when you're younger, to the fact that everything that you're told from media and the adults within your life or around your life isn't exactly what it seems that you need to open up your own conscious to then experience everything from your point of view and develop your own sense of crit of like what's right and what's wrong for you as a person. At least that's what I was told when I was 14. Yeah. So that's uh, the whole point of the film. Oh yeah. But it was like pretty interesting to like, I didn't expect to see that at 14. I don't think you did either. No, but I, what he I did was say not. is I that thought it was just an action movie. <laughs> oh, same. What I found interesting is that some people have re- reacted both well and negatively to the film in the sense that mm-hmm. politically they didn't may not agree with it. And from what the professor explained to me, it was like he was like, "Yeah, that's the point," because not everyone's going to agree with this film, but those who mm-hmm. do. It's because they understood the real messages of what you were talking about just now. Well, I think this film, some people will find it believable, you know, the world that it is set in and other people will be like, that's just not possible. But, you know, it's 2021 and we are seeing some things that are very similar to that world. And some things that have always been I mean, like that. our very own government. <laughs> yeah. Puerto Rico. I know. I know. So, you know, hoy en el aniversario, we're recording, sorry, we're recording this before the 5th of November. So, hoy en el aniversario de la elección del año pasado de Puerto Rico. Oh my God. Verdad. I think this is appropriate. 
Yeah, it is appropriate because I do think that my upbringing and, you know, where I grew up definitely affected the way I saw this film. And, you know, the political climate I grew up in definitely affected my interpretation of this film. And I do think that that's not the case for many people, especially how the Guy Fawkes mask is used nowadays. I think that people use it and don't really understand the meaning behind it and, you know, what Guy Fawkes wanted to do. I don't think, I think that that has been lost and the whole point of the movie has been lost and it has just, it has just turned into, oh, this cool mask. I, for one, am glad I'm watching it for the first time now just because I can get the full weight of it all. Oh, yeah. You are definitely going to have a hoot. (laughs) Mm Mm-hmm. Yeah, because again, I mean, I'm 25. If you didn't know, surprise. And <laughs> we have two 25 year olds amongst us. Yes. Mm. And just <laughs> seeing it at this age. And again, I'm only at the beginning of the film, but already it's just made such an impact because I'm like, wow. Yeah. Wow. <laughs> yeah, definitely. And, and also, the last time I watched, because it, it's one of my favorite films, but it's not one that I that I rewatch a lot. So the last time I rewatched was actually in college. Juan, do you remember that class? Yes and no. I forgot the name. <laughs> but yeah, I'm Sophie. I seen it. Oh my god! Yeah, we did. Holy shit! Did I sleep during that class? You slept through that class so many times. No, I think I was awake for that one, for that movie. You were awake for that one, but I remember you you slept through a few others. No, I was awake for that one and Lego Movie. I think everything Lego. else I might have fallen Lego asleep. Lego Movie. <laughs> it's a long story. Lego Movie in the That's a story for another time. Yeah. Anyways, anyways, lo importante que tal despierto para Yeah. Oh, absolutely. Yeah, and so and I remember that there were a lot of people in our class that had never seen it. Yeah, that was so interesting to see their reactions. Yeah. Real quick, because I rem- want to provide uh, real quick. I'm sorry, I just need to provide context for those that are not Spanish speakers. I just want to emphasize the fact that they took a class about philosophy and film, and they had to watch Lego Movie, and you're all caught up. <laughs> yeah. Yes. I, I just want to know the full tea on that one. <laughs> okay. okay. I'll we'll give you a short later. summary later on. <laughs> So basically, I remember that when the professor said that we were going to watch V for Vendetta, I was very excited. And peop- when, you know, people asked, oh, which one was that? And the professor explained, everyone was like, oh, so like the anonymous mask. And it's like, I was so, oh, my God. This is why guys. That Fox frustrated me so much. The anonymous. I think we were never. It frustrates closer. me to this day. Yeah. We both had that same look of we did not just say that in this class. Oh my god. Which also plays into what was said earlier. Yeah. Yeah. And when it ended, a lot of people were like, yeah, let's do that. (laughs) Yeah, it was interesting, especially with the ending. Like you were saying, you said that a lot of people misinterpret the point of the mask, and that's definitely a great example with them referencing first anonymous and then when they saw the movie i felt there were students that were like okay i was wrong it's more about this and it's definitely 
interesting to see how many people interpret this film differently because the mask can mean so many things, but everyone always tries to feel like their point is the most justified. I think a lot of people also wear this mask to Comic-Cons and such. Yeah, Like I've seen photos, at least in a Puerto Rico Comic-Con. I just feel that when we saw, like in context in here in Puerto Rico, when we see that mask, it's mostly when there's protest or, you know, some kind of demonstration that they're doing against the government. So that's why people also connected with Anonymous because that's the only time we see it and not many people know about that side, you know, that pop culture side of the mask i don't know because this movie is so layered and i do think that some people really get understand what it means and use the mask as it's meant to be but others just really don't and they just use the mask because oh look it's the mask that's everywhere every year let's wear it and don't know what it means and don't know the history behind it or the history behind the gunpowder plot, because before mm-hmm. Vendetta is just basically if the gunpowder plot was successful. Mm-hmm. That's it. So clearly, I think the next question was going to be whether we like it or not. And clearly, I think I can assume that we all do. Wait. Like, I haven't finished it, but it already has an impact on me. So <laughs> I think it's, it's a well made film. I haven't finished it. it. So I'm sure I'm in for a wild ride. But uh, so far, like, I was like one of my notes was this is DC because <laughs> if like it's common knowledge at most for the people that listen to the podcast or people that know me I'm not the biggest fan of DC films but also this was early DC this was 2005 so let's cut us some slack <laughs> I think the action is nice it's all pretty well balanced there is a good mix between story and action I love the characters I love Natalie Portman in this, even though everyone around this time was saying that she didn't know how to act because people are mean. But I like her. Seriously, she was amazing. Mm-hmm. Yeah, because okay, La Carrera de Natalie Portman has been very wild, and it was mostly because of her time on Star Wars. Yeah. Yeah, and the third Star Wars film, Revenge of the Sith, came out the same year, 2005. Yeah. But I think she's great so far. I really like her here. Yeah, and also, fun fact, 2005, you know what else DC released in 2005? Batman <laughs> Begins. <laughs> Two good DC films in one year. Wow. <laughs> I, I just I just it. love how V was Hugo Weaving, who is Agent Smith from The Matrix. I just I keep picturing him as Agent Smith while yeah. watching this one. Yeah. I actually haven't thought of doing that, but, you know, mm-hmm. I'm in need of the matrix rewatch but yeah i agree josie i think it, it's completely unfair that they were telling natalie portman she couldn't act i actually feel she can act and really yeah, well that was the, yeah that was the biggest thing in her career and until now i think it's finally eased up especially with the recent roles that she's taken that she's actually proven herself yeah i feel with jackie that started to like turn the curve for her yeah excuse me i will not tolerate the erasure of black swan yeah <laughs> Black Swan. The thing is, okay, yes, I, I didn't know which one came first, but Black Swan was, I, yeah. Yeah, but I've also felt a lot of people use that for like the meme purposes a little bit more. She won the Oscar. 
No, yeah, no, like literally Black Swan has been credited to her uprise in her career. Because before that, people would just make fun of her because of her time in Star Wars because most of the people hated those films until now where everyone's like, maybe they're actually good and the sequels are bad. And it's like, oh, shut up. <laughs> but that's for another episode. Hey, we have an episode on Star Wars if you'd like to listen to it. Absolutely. <laughs> um, <laughs> but yeah, I like her in this film. Yeah, she's... She is amazing. Was she nominated for anything in this film? No. This movie was served dust. And now we'd like to take a moment to talk to you about our sponsor, Anchor. The easiest way to make a podcast. I like the film so far. I like the acting. I like where the story is going. And it leads very much to the final question of this episode, which is, do you think it still holds up today? Do you yes. think it was ahead yes. of its time? What do you think about that? <laughs> I mean, it was 2005. I don't think the, you know, back then, the political climate was different than it Hello, is today. The, the, the 90s were wild. <laughs> yeah. So 2005 is a reaction to everything that came before. I think it was pretty appropriate. And it also set the space to be able to criticize what would come after, which is what we're living now. Gary, honestly. Yeah, it's very yeah. much the foreshadowing in this movie was very, mm-hmm. very much yeah. a warning. Yeah, I mean, even watching it now, I like I legitimately started watching it today. And just hearing the word quarantine, I was like, oh, oh, what? Because <laughs> yeah, uh... if you think about it, because here there's a lot. OK, in Puerto Rico, there's a lot of going on. Mm-hmm. in the climate like in the political climate and just think just like re-watching this film I just kept thinking like damn <laughs> there's yeah. a lot of stuff here that you know I- I've seen I've seen it <laughs> I've seen this before and I didn't like the ending you're not your problem anymore <laughs> so who am I depending on and maybe just the fact that what I think we something that we haven't discussed yet is how one of the themes is how the ideology never dies, the idea mm-hmm. never dies, and I really liked it. And it's something that it was very heavily on this film. And truth be told, it is something that us, as you know, living in this society, this society, we live in a society, <laughs> but we live in this society. <laughs> V for Vendetta walked <laughs> that red carpet so that Joker could like sprint to the Oscars. No, and so Joker could like trip over like Jason Derulo. Joker has fallen at the Oscar Academy Award red carpet. <laughs> exactly. No, again, but here there's a lot of strikes and just the idea like if people the idea that, you know, there's a lot of stuff going around and us you know we haven't given up (laughs) in some of the Mm -hmm. things that keep happening here and (laughs) yeah again what i said before i think that this movie hits different depending on the on where you grew up and your upbringing because obviously as puerto ricans it hits different (laughs) than someone who has never experienced you know mistreatment by their government ever That just reminds me of the other day, story time real quick. Um, I work at a bookstore, so it was late night and we were about to, we were like getting close to closing. 
and this woman walks in and she just like picks up a copy of the um the handmaid's tale and she just goes it's so sad when reality when fiction becomes reality and i'm like where have you been living exactly <laughs> ma'am <laughs> exactly exactly that we've been living this what hello women mean? like women of color have not had authority over their own bodies for centuries exactly and before then i'd be like how can the government just like kill people for for not being the for being you know gay or whatever oh honey where have you been i'm just so in shock that happened to you during a closing time it sucks right that's too heavy that's too heavy for it to happen during closing honestly i would expect that more like middle of the day or first customer opening but closing damn she chose violence that customer chose violence but yeah josie back to your question i will say i think it came out at the right time but the impact it's had on pop culture and even political culture runs deeper than i think many people who were originally filming it thought it would which i think is a great testament to the film and the fact that it's held like it stood the test of time we're talking about it 16 years after its release and we still mm. give it such priority we still find what it talks about and how it impacts so important to our cultures today respective of where you're from and respective of where you think of what's going on with your own government it's so fascinating to think that we just keep going back, circling back to this film, you know? Yeah. I mean, yeah. it had more of a heavy, like, heavy blow, like, throughout this year. Yeah. Especially. And even como que when we see the mask, we think about not the movie per se, but we think about the fight and the people that are against the government and the oppression always the oppression mm-hmm. um so you know like i saw the papel right mm-hmm. so they are also you know about resistance and against the government and all of that so they wear the red jumpsuits but they wear it with salvador dali masks who was a an artist and so a lot of people in Puerto Rico specifically because La Casa de Papel is huge in Puerto Rico. They dress up with the red jumpsuits, but they wear the the guy Fox Max mask <laughs> instead of the Salvador Dali. And I'm like, you're not dressed as La Casa de Papel. You're just wearing a guy Fox mask with a red jumpsuit. Why don't you understand the assignment? <laughs> oh my god. No. You've never, it's literally uh, <laughs> every single time. No, I've seen, okay, what I've seen is the slow transition of when we're going on a strike, people don't wear the V mask anymore. They wear the Casa de Papel like suit. So they still wear the V mask. So they will wear that La Casa de Papel suit, but they will wear the V mask instead of the Salvador Dali mask. I don't know what company you keep, but I've never seen that. Uh-huh. Oh my I God. haven't seen it either, but now I'm here like, do they share masks? But, you know what? The fit check, they didn't pass it. The, and it. I'm like, why don't you understand the assignment? There is a difference. Speaking of, something I really wanted to touch upon in this section is the cultural impact this film has had. While well, it was, again, I have not finished it, but my notes so far, like some things I wrote was 
I love dogs. Surprisingly, there were some shots that were very similar. I'm like, huh, Wes Anderson, I see you. And then uh, Money Heist, of course, literally <laughs> takes so much from this film. Like, so much. The only thing is that a lot of the rules that Money Heist has for the people involved in the heist are ones that um, V breaks often. So I thought that was very interesting when comparing the two. But also, this is just a very campy film. I love the pyro drama of it all. Yeah, it's... And it definitely holds up. Yeah, definitely. The campiness of it is what makes it stand out the most. I love how it has like this perfect mix between, you know, the dark subject matter, the action, and like good comedy as well. I think it's like Mm -hmm. a perfect balance of everything, especially the ending. The ending is very chef's kiss which leads me to i would really love for comedy purposes for everyone listening i uh they really want to talk about the ending but i don't want to be spoiled so i just want to see how well they can do this without breaking (laughs) go okay 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 Okay. mira mira so ending (laughs) Uh, choose your words carefully anna i believe okay okay i will try my best so el ending is really iconic because yes. it is a symbol of unity. <laughs> yes. Okay. The the people versus the government. <laughs> and specifically there are some shots that they are a throwback to some specific scenes that you're like, "Ah, you know what? Cinema." Y tiene y tiene ese puño que es más fuerte. <laughs> Because it's, oh my god, a specific character that shows up again. Yes. For just a couple of seconds. Yes. Also, and it changes everything. <laughs> also, to add to your point, Anna, I also like how the ending, they keep, towards the third act, during the third act, mm-hmm. they're building to something. And you know there's going to be a really interesting payoff. And what I like about this ending is that for me personally, it does give you that payoff where you're like, whoa, I didn't see it coming the first time. I don't know about uh, Gabriela or Anna, but I personally didn't see it coming. The, the, are you talking about the, the throwbacks? Oh, no, no, no. I'm talking about okay. that specific moment. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I think I know what you're talking about. Yeah, I think, yeah, I think you do. It's like a pretty... Yeah. Reveal. It's a reveal. It's a shocking mm. moment. I do think that you can kind of guess where the the like how it's going to end. But it's the, you know, the satisfaction of it all because it is done so well and you're just sitting there, you know, like, ah, yes. It's done so well. And like Anna said, I think Anna used like the keyword in all of this unity i think that's what the mm-hmm. ending truly is unity and i love the final line which i will not say i will not say it for josie's sake but that final line i love how did we do josie <laughs> also fun, fun fact i was looking on letterbox now mm-hmm. For the director of V for Vendetta, and I was doing the math. And um, did you know V for Vendetta, according to Letterbox, is his first feature film? Okay. What? Yeah. 
It was then followed by Ninja Assassin. Oh. Uh. <laughs> parkour. <laughs> and then the Raven. But that's pretty impressive if this is your first official first film directorial oh, yes. debut and you handle a property like V for Vendetta. And can we also add that it was written by the Wachowski sisters? I love them. <laughs> I forgot. And they produced the film too. Yeah. Yeah, because I know that the director of the film worked with them on The Matrix, which is kind of like when you see some of the campiness of it is also very Matrixy because they work together. I want to go back to the one of the final scenes where it's the, the fighting of being oh, between... that. oh oh that scene that, that scene is so good <laughs> yeah especially <laughs> especially if you know that 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 eye opening moment the guy had when he was yeah. like oh fuck <laughs> yeah yeah oh that scene is so good now that's good soup it's good fucking soup it's good soup okay because he was then it goes by again what i said at the beginning of this um podcast how words still live you know for centuries (laughs) when he did that speech with him and i was like damn this is great You're tiptoeing around the spoilers and you're doing amazing, sweetie. You're doing great, Anna. You're doing great. This is perfect. And I think that with that, we can end the episode. And just with all this enthusiasm, I'd like to propose a, not to be redundant, a proposition to the audience. If you'd like us to do an in-depth breakdown, please let us know. And we will provide. Yes. <laughs> Any yes, final I, thoughts I have before a, we go? No, I just oh. have a feeling that after you finish watching the movie, you're going to come back to the chat and be like, okay, so in-depth breakdown. Uh, yeah. We're, we're doing it yeah. right now. We Drop scratched, everything. We scratched like the surface. Be a fucking right? Like, yeah. <laughs> I mean, this episode is just... For fun, I mean, today we are celebrating the 5th of November, (laughs) so just join in on the fun with us. Let's chat it up on the socials, and yeah, let us know. I think an in-depth analysis of this would be very interesting. Oh, there's a lot to unpack. It's Mm -hmm. a lot. lot. Again, like I said, I'm only at the beginning, and I'm like, I, I already, like... I'm ready to talk. There's so much already happening. Just with the aspect, and with this we can close, just with the aspect alone of the criticism towards the media and how, mm-hmm. like, for example, when she's like, oh, she blinks when the story that she's telling is a lie. And I'm like, look at that. Look at that. <laughs> it's a lot. But it's like, and it's terrifying as well. Because it's real. Yeah, it's, th- yeah, like watching it when I was younger back then, you think it's you think fiction but it's not no it's it's not and then again when i rewatched it in college you know knowing more about politics and the world it was definitely more eye-opening than yeah especially with the the and the irony of great britain becoming a fascist state when they when the whole their whole thing was like two get rid of fascism in Mm -hmm. world war ii and now we actually see how with the current government like (laughs) it's pretty accurate to what's happening in the film 
yeah for sure just makes you think so in-depth analysis i think it's coming (laughs) well that's all for today's episode we'd like to thank you for listening and to give a shout out to all the kind people sending love our way if you'd like to keep up with us make sure to follow us at film posers on twitter instagram youtube and facebook where can they find you posers you can find me on Twitter at Gabby underscore Burgos 27 and on Letterboxd at Gabby Cristina. And you can find me on Twitter and Instagram as Anna underscore Sofia 53 and on Letterboxd as Anna underscore Sofia. And you can find me on Twitter and on Letterboxd at Leading Mohicans. You can find me at the Josie Marie on Twitter and Letterboxd where you can bully me for never having seen V for Vendetta. Again, <laughs> thank you for listening. Again, thank you for listening. And remember, remember, we're all film posers. <laughs> Bye. 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 Bye.